Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. This is an RNZ podcast. Hello, I'm Simon Morris. As we listlessly count down to the final big movie awards of the year, the Oscars on April the 25th, the British BAFTAs a couple of weeks earlier, it's a sad fact that the big prize winners aren't what they were. Oscar winners used to be called things like The Greatest Show on Earth, Around the World in 80 Days, Ben-Hur, and of course Lord of the Rings. But these days they seem to prefer critical acclaim rather than mere critical mass. You are one of those lucky people that can travel anywhere. Yes, ma'am. I and they sometimes call you nomads. Have they simply exchanged one predictable orthodoxy for another? In the past, the award for Best Picture often went to the biggest movie of the year. Now Hollywood seems rather more interested in how the winner makes it look. This is a business where the buyer gets nothing for his money but a memory. What he bought still belongs to the man who sold it. That's the real magic of the movies. Thunder, lightning, blood, fire, religion. Help! Someone save me! All in one film. Are our films inclusive enough, wonders the Academy? Is the subject matter important enough? What sort of people are making our films these days? And should they be? These are weighty issues for another day, but sometimes too much worthy can be just as wearing as an overdose of big, empty spectacle. If we leave here without saying anything about why we came in the first place, it'll be heartbreaking. Last summer, why did you come to the convention? To end the war. We're giving them exactly what they want, a stage and an audience. You really think there's going to be a big audience? So it's nice when a trio of unpredictable films prove there's still room in the marketplace for variety. There's a British costume drama that, saints be praised, isn't set in either the era of Tudor kings and queens or that of Queen Victoria. In fact, Fanny Lie Delivered is set in that brief, half-forgotten era when England had no kings or queens at all. Between the execution of Charles I and the restoration of merry monarch Charles II was the bleak reign of Lord Protector Oliver Cromwell. And because I knew next to nothing of that period, Fanny Lie Delivered had a captive audience of at least one. Christ. I told ye so. Their lives are in great danger. Let me up, we must return. Over the Way was a documentary that also challenged my knowledge, this time of the politics of Turkey, Saudi Arabia and journalist Jamal Khashoggi. But in fact, I remember the murder in Istanbul, covered in the film The Dissident, very vividly. I was there when it happened. Can you tell me what happened to Mr Khashoggi? Saudi Arabia. Now suddenly there's admitting that Khashoggi did die inside that building. Jamal Khashoggi... 
As I watched TV at my hotel, the events were playing out in streets I'd been walking along just an hour or so before. And the third film is a series of delights from the past. French Exit stars the wonderful Michelle Pfeiffer. It's mostly set in a version of Paris, and it seems to be a semi-remake of a half-forgotten 50s favourite, Auntie Mame. Have you heard any rumours regarding my reputation? I heard that you were odd. Well, I'm more than odd. There's a goodly part of me that wants to set this building on fire. What do you think of that? If your ears prick up at the idea of New York socialites down on their luck in Paris, of Australian clairvoyance and cats from another dimension, and above all of Michelle Pfeiffer dressed to the nines, French Exit is undoubtedly your film. But first, many people are demanding that royalty be abolished. Well, be careful what you wish for. Oh, I've never seen them before. That one on the black's quite the popinjay, eh? When the brutal English Civil War finally came to an end in the mid-17th century, the weary cavaliers and roundheads put away their weapons and tried to get back to normal life. In the case of Captain John Lye, played by Charles Dance, that meant working on his farm with his younger wife Fanny and their ten-year-old son Arthur. Her name was Fanny Lye, but she weren't the same woman then. She'd only known the land, the toil, Black Hill Farm from Eastern Edge to Western Wood. In Oliver Cromwell's Puritan Protectorate, entertainment was cut to virtually nothing. The only book on Black Hill Farm is the Bible. The one time the family goes out is to church on Sunday. And levity of any sort is punished. John Lye isn't one to spare the rod. But as the title of the film, Fanny Lye Delivered, suggests, this is not John's story. It's the story of his wife, Fanny, played by Maxine Peake. It was our world. Till the day the strangers came and delivered Fanny Lye from one life into the next. What changes things is the unexpected arrival of a young couple who break into the farm while the family is at church. In fact, they arrive stark naked, though they steal some of the lies' clothes before the family returns home. Who goes there? Oh, I don't mean no one. I'll send thee back to Satan. Bring your pants, sure. it looks like. My wife, sir, she's, she's exhausted and cold. And I'm without clothes. You understand? I'll allow you to stay till the morning. Thomas Ashbury and his wife Rebecca throw themselves on Captain Lye's mercy. They were robbed. Rebecca is ill. Lye is suspicious but reluctantly agrees to let them stay overnight before taking them to the constable in town. Tom's easy charm contrasts with Lye's unbending rectitude, so Fanny's inclined to give the young interlopers the benefit of the doubt. Laughter has been a rare occurrence on the farm. You're wasting your time, Mr Ashbury. I'm far too set in my ways. You always feel yourself to me. But the young couple are not entirely what they seem. Rebecca, and particularly Tom, are free thinkers in more ways than one. And far from being victims of crime, it turns out they're wanted themselves by the authorities. We are in pursuit of a pair of licentious heretics who did partake in profane display at a tavern less than five miles from this ground. 
John Lyre's suspicion of his young guests is equalled only by a dislike and mistrust of the overdressed high sheriff. Against his better judgment, he protects the Ashburys, but he lives to regret it when they go behind his back, suggesting that Fanny Lyre might like to be delivered from this dreary life. I must consider your eternal soul. Fanny Lie delivered promises and then delivers a fascinating folktale. Much of its power lies in the fact that we barely know the rules of 1657. Fifty years after the free and easy age of Queen Elizabeth and Shakespeare, England has taken godliness to extremes. The war against the tyranny of kings seems to have resulted in something just as bad. Why, you miserable brigand. Now you just stay where you are and hold your peace. I'm sorry to do this to you, Captain John, but them men out there, they mean us harm. And I can't let them come in here. And Sandy, sir, don't hurt my son. Ma'am, that is not my desire. But behind closed doors, freedom of thought and behaviour refused to be suppressed, it seems. Certainly the Ashburys show no intention of being taken anywhere, no matter what the cost to the Lye family. Sir, we've done all you ask of us. Now I humbly ask of you, leave us be. Uh, uh, that's not so simple, not more. They may be out there waiting. There's violence to come. We've yet to see how far the Lord High Sheriff will go to get what he wants, while the increasingly desperate Tom warns the family he's also prepared to do whatever it takes. As he tells Captain John, the recent war made worse men out of both of them. Mama! I don't want to do it, but I will if you force me to. You haven't got the belly for it. I don't waste my time. Saw you. Please, sir. Do as he says. Eat your wife, sir. She's got an head on her. But while the men fight, the real battle is for the soul of Fanny Lye. Fanny Lye Delivered is written and directed by Thomas Clay, who unusually comes from a sound and music background. Clay composed the music as well, just about all played on authentic 17th century instruments. So it sounds exotic, it's set in an unfamiliar time and place, and good performances ensure our sympathies shift throughout the film. It's as much fable as it is story, perhaps, but it's all the more intriguing because you suspect much of it may be true. The first time many of us had heard of expat Saudi Arabian journalist Jamal Khashoggi was when he was killed. He'd been a respected writer for newspapers like the Washington Post. He'd used his connections with the Saudi royal family to get inside stories. He also thought those connections would protect him. He was soon to be disabused. My name is Hatice Cengiz. I am addressing you as a victim. A title forced on me after the brutal murder of my Jamal. Jamal was staying in Istanbul, Turkey, and planned to get married there. There were some documents to fill in first, so he went to the Saudi consulate there while his fiancée, Hatice, waited outside. 
Jamal Khashoggi, prominent Saudi journalist and Washington Post columnist, has gone missing after visiting his country's consulate in Istanbul. He was last seen entering Saudi Arabia's consulate seeking paperwork to marry his fiancée. And he never came out. What did come out was some conflicting and increasingly outlandish stories from the Saudi government as the Western press became involved. Suddenly, it was the biggest story in the world. His fiancé saw him go in at 1pm and was still waiting for him at 1am. Now, I know this because I was on holiday in Istanbul at the time. I'd been fed stories from fellow travellers about how corrupt the whole region was and how few actual facts were likely to come out. Well, that couldn't have been more inaccurate. Is it true that Turkish intelligence obtained audio recordings of Khashoggi's murder? I know why Jamal was killed. It's because of me. Turns out the Turkish authorities were furious that this scandal had happened on their turf because there was now absolutely no question that Jamal Khashoggi had been murdered in the Saudi embassy by Saudi nationals. The only question left was, were they obeying orders or did they simply do it off their own bat? We saved some particularly damning piece of the puzzle, like Saudi body double. All of this and much more is the subject of The Dissident, a riveting documentary by Academy Award-winning director Brian Fogel. The film not only lays out the facts of the incident, but also the background. Why was Khashoggi killed? Couldn't they simply go on discrediting him? The government treated me as if I shot the king. We knew that they would try to sweep the whole thing under the rug. Saudi Arabia is the one country in the world named after the family that owns it, and that family's power and wealth is almost limitless. But the one thing they won't tolerate, it seems, is anyone disagreeing with them. There's no room for dissidents. Jamal Khashoggi, Jamal Ahmed Khashoggi, But according to the dissident, Jamal Khashoggi may have been a hard-working investigative reporter, but he was no dissident. He was a writer, not a politician, he always said. So the government went out of its way to discredit his words. Hundreds of hackers, nicknamed flies, were employed to swamp the internet with anti-Khashoggi propaganda. Jamal felt the whole country was against him, but this is not the truth. I said the best solution is create our own army. However, Khashoggi had friends too. Actual dissidents like Omar Abdulaziz, who volunteered to fight fire with fire to counter the government flies with dissident bees. But Omar and Khashoggi had no idea how far the establishment would go to shut them down. His words. His vision. He would live forever. After his death, Jamal became a hero. Most of the facts that came to light are undisputed. The Turkish Secret Service actually bugged the Saudi embassy and recorded the entire murder, later broadcasting it around the world. The result of the inevitable United Nations investigation was therefore a foregone conclusion, you'd think. 
King firmly denies any knowledge of it. It could have been rogue killers. Who knows? I just received this. Be careful. Move from city to another one. And there's a team is going to kill you soon. It's anonymous. But what was overlooked was the golden rule. The one with the gold, or in this case the oil, makes the rules. The dissident is essential viewing. It's amazing we're allowed to view it at all. Most film distributors and streaming services like Netflix and Amazon refuse to handle it. He has to be killed in a way that will send message to everyone else. Because if you kill Jamal with his status, who else you cannot kill? You can kill everyone. The irony of a crime like this is how counterproductive it looks. Far from convincing people to support the royal family of Saudi Arabia, all it does is push more and more people in the opposite direction. But of course, says the dissident, does an absolute monarchy care what more and more people think? I warrant Jamal. Once you start working with us, you're not just a journalist, you're a dissident. Just after the war, Patrick Dennis wrote a novel about an eccentric New York socialite who travels Europe with her young nephew Patrick, getting into scrapes. Almost forgotten now, Auntie Mame was a sensation at the time and was turned into not one but two movies, first with Rosalind Russell and then a musical with Lucille Ball. And the spirit of Auntie Mame lingers in French exit. It's all gone. Every penny... What was your plan? My plan was to die before the money ran out, but I kept and keep not dying, and here I am. French Exit is adapted by another Patrick, Patrick DeWitt, from his own novel. It opens as another socialite, Francis Price, receives bad news from a boring old banker. Francis is played by Michelle Pfeiffer. Not the money in my account. It's... Not your account for long. It's in my name. The name you get to keep, but every penny in that account, in addition to the investments and properties, are going back to the bank. So what to do? Having taken her son Malcolm out of expensive private school, she realises she'll have to realise her few assets. Fortunately, one of those is a loyal friend who offers a free flat in Paris. This also offers Malcolm a bolt hole from a relationship that's going a little fast for him. Goodbye, Susan. The hens are clucking. Are they saying I'm broke? They are. What about my apartment in Paris? It's just sitting empty. Have you told your mother about our engagement? We're going to Paris. Would you describe yourself as a coward? Francis and Malcolm take off for Paris with their limited funds. In fact, their funds are now limited to a few bundles of banknotes that Francis seems keen to get through as quickly as possible. When I came to Paris the first time, Merci beaucoup. something sent up an alert. It was the presentiment of what was to come. But that's not important right now. What's most important in French Exit is first to smuggle Francis's unlikable cat into the new apartment, and then, when the cat runs away, to get hold of someone who can find it. Fortunately, Francis and Malcolm met an Australian fortune teller on the boat coming over. We're going to lie down. Will you come visit us later? What's she paying you? Paying. Aren't you her gigolo? Oh, God, no. That's my mother.
And round about now, you may be suffering a slightly dizzy feeling as the plot seems to have become somewhat unmoored. Perhaps things might settle down a little once Francis and Malcolm make a few friends. They've just been invited to a function by one Madame Renard. What is it? An invitation to a party. Come in. Where are the others? It's just us. I thought we might become friends. I've no need of friends in my life at the moment. You're being a dick. <laughs> I'm sorry. As always in stories like this, and along with Auntie Mame, I was reminded of other New York socialite films from the likes of Wes Anderson and Whit Stillman. It's partly in the telling, but more in the playing. I've always been lucky. I've been unlucky, but I have a sense that this will change suddenly and permanently. I've only been lucky, and I believe I will always be. Lucas Hedges as Malcolm is certainly the go-to guy to play likeable young pushovers. He played similar roles in both Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri and Ladybird three years ago. Here he gets pushed around by everyone. His on-off fiancée Susan, his Australian media Madeline and most of all by his mother. I've never been so hurt as when I saw your face for the first time. Why? Because you were me. Michelle Pfeiffer is still stunningly beautiful, and this is a gift part for her. If anyone can take on movie Paris at its most arrogant and snobby, it's Michelle. But you do have to get used to the film's idea of a storyline. It doesn't so much go forwards as stop, start, circle round an idea, and then go in an unexpected direction. If a cat could write a script, this is the script it might write. You talk the talk, don't you? Oui, petit cochon. They broke the mold with that one. Cochon means pig. A road movie goes towards a goal, meeting colourful characters along the way. French Exit is an anti-road movie. It certainly meets some colourful characters, but they tend to arrive at your front door and move in, whether you want them to or not. And you warm to them, or otherwise, entirely based on their reaction to Francis. If they can tolerate her, then we can tolerate them. That's such a cliché, isn't it? Someone killing themselves after the glamour has passed. Do you know what a cliché is? It's a story so fine that it's grown old in its hopeful retelling. French Exit is one of the few films you regret they'll never make a sequel to, despite the fact that it's eminently suitable for one. Maybe screenwriter Patrick DeWitt could be persuaded to write another book. And on that rare request for a little bit more, it's time to go. I'm Simon Morris, and I hope you'll join me at the movies same time next week. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.